It's hard to believe that we are on episode number 125 of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. But here we are, and you are still here with us. We appreciate you, because without you, this would not exist. Your 125th guest is Sarah Holden, Ph.D. She's now a retirement expert, but once she was on a very different path before taking advantage of the opportunities around her. Learn how to best take control of your opportunities, plus save for retirement now. Let's get going. Episode number 125 starts right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff with another great guest. And let me just go over our guest's background. Okay, so her name is Sarah Holden, PhD. She's the Senior Director of Retirement and Investor Research at the Investment Company Institute, ICI. And she conducts an overseas research on the U.S. retirement market, retirement and tax policy. She's also responsible for analysis of 401k plan participant activity. Try to say that three times real fast <laughs> using data collected and all sorts of other great stuff. Her bio is amazing. Let's let's just put it this way. She is a retirement expert. And what's great about Sarah, and we're going to bring her into the conversation, is she makes it so you can understand it. Like, well, me, I'm putting myself into that boat. I am not an expert in this stuff. I don't understand all the charts and the graphs and all those things, but Sarah can break it down simply for us. So Sarah, I'm going to welcome you in right now and hope I did your bio just. There's way more to your bio than I just read, but I want to get your voice in the podcast and welcome to the show. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I have been studying the U.S. retirement market for a couple of decades now, and we dig deep into what 401k investors do and what individual retirement account investors do in terms of their contribution activity, what kind of assets they've chosen to have in those plans, how they choose to spend that money. And it, it really is you know, something that you do little by little over your career. And so the thing is to really sort of just take that first step and get started. So let's talk about first steps and maybe you could break it down by age range because somebody that's 18 years old and says, you know what, I'm going to take 30% of my income and I am going to get myself to an early retirement versus maybe somebody that's 55 and says, oh no, I've only really did a little bit of contribution to my 401k match and Uh uh-oh, I'm retiring in 15 years. So maybe you could break it down by age range and maybe start us off that way. Sure. So your question actually points to an important thing to keep in mind, and that is compounding. So if you're young and you're just starting out, a little bit that you put in now will compound over your 40-year career to be a significant nest egg. And so it's good to try to really start early, little by little and save often. If you're an older worker and you find yourself, you're in your 50s, uh, you're now at the point in your life cycle where, you know, the kids are hopefully out of the house or on their way out of the house. 
Uh, you've, you know, you've got a house that you're paying down the mortgage on. So you've taken care of some of those other big life cycle goals that people have, like getting a home and building a family. And now you can change and focus your attention on saving for retirement. And policymakers have actually recognized that this is something people do. So if you're 50 or older, you're actually allowed to contribute more to IRAs or more to a 401k with what's called a catch-up contribution so that you can catch up um, as you're uh, getting closer to retirement. So there definitely is an age element in terms of what's your primary savings focus at this point in your life cycle. Important to take advantage of compounding, but recognize those competing goals of it. You know, it's good to get a home and start a family and all those things. And when you're 50 or older, take advantage of those catch-up contributions so that you can really build that nest egg. If you could have a one-on-one conversation with every worker that you come in contact with, or really every worker out there right now, what would your message to them be regarding retirement? What don't we really understand that you do that you can impart to us? I think really the key thing is to participate. So if you are working for an employer, the first thing you want to do is find out, is there a plan? And depending on where you work, it could be called a 401k plan if you're in the private sector. If you work for a school or a hospital, it might be called the 403b plan. So you want to go to your HR department and you want to ask them, hey, is there a retirement plan? And am I participating in it? Now, in some cases, they may have automatically enrolled you. So that's great. They put you in the plan. In other companies, you have to sign up. So you want to be sure that you take that step to be sure that you are participating in the plan. So that's step one. Make sure that if there is a plan at your job, that you participate in it. Step two is in many private sector plans, uh, you will find that nine out of 10 plans actually have employer contributions for their participants. So this is a great opportunity to be sure that you take advantage of what people think of as free money, but it really isn't free money. It's money that was part of your benefit package. They said, if you come and work here, we're going to have a 401k plan. And if you contribute money, we'll contribute more money. And you want to be sure that you get that full contribution. So for example, if you have to put in 6%, Uh, In order to get 50 cents on the dollar to get another 3% from the employer, you want to be sure you do that full 6% to get that full 3%. So step one, make sure you're participating. Step two, make sure that if you're in a plan that has employer contributions, you have done what you need to do to not leave any of that employer money on the table. And then the third step is you want to think about what investments you're going to choose. And here you need to step back and really ask yourself, Am I a do-it-yourself investor? So when I see the, on average, more than 20 investment options that are offered, do I get excited? And I think, wow, there's international equity and there's domestic equity and there's bonds and all these different things. Or am I more someone who I'm busy? I've got other things to do. I haven't got a degree in finance. I'd rather just hand over that asset allocation and that investing to a professional, in which case, Most plans have what's called a target date fund. And with a target date fund, based on the age you expect to retire, you select the fund with that year in it, and that fund will be diversified. So it will invest in a whole bunch of different securities, stocks, and bonds, and they'll be appropriate to your age. So when you're younger, there will be a lot of equity to give you growth. 
And as you're getting older and as the fund is approaching and passing that target date, it is automatically rebalancing for you. And as it does that, it's getting more focused on income so that when you enter retirement as an older person in your 60s, say, it will be focusing on income, which is what you'll be focusing on in retirement. So step one, participate. Step two, make sure you get all that employer money. And then step three, determine whether you're do-it-yourself or whether you want to hand off the investment allocation to a professional. And also ask yourself how much risk you're willing to take on. Are you going to be nervous about the stock market or are you, like most 401k plan participants who say, I'm doing this little by little, I don't worry so much about stock market fluctuations. Well, that is a great overview for somebody that is an employee. So it's awesome. And we have definitely a lot of folks that are listening that are rising within corporations. So it's great advice for them. Let's flip around and talk about the employer themselves. We also have listeners that are either solopreneurs or they're business owners and they have employees. So you have people that have to A, take care of themselves, but B, in some cases, they have to take care of employees as well with their retirement. So what's your message to those folks? Yeah, really. So uh, in terms of if you are uh, self-employed, let's start with that. So you're self-employed and it's really pretty much you and your business. You have the entire array of retirement plans at your disposal to choose from. So you can actually set up a 401k for yourself. You could set up a defined benefit plan for yourself, or you could choose an IRA, an individual retirement account type option. So self-employed, in this country has a, the full range of choices. And actually the Department of Labor has on their website a pamphlet that lays out all the plan options that are available for self-employed individuals in the U.S. So great options there in terms of determining what kind of, whether you want an IRA type plan, whether you want to be able to contribute the amounts that you could put into a 401k or whether you want to define benefit plan. And if you're an employer who has employees, then certainly setting up those employer contributions for those folks is so very important because it really sends the right message. The message is saving for retirement is important. I, the employer, have taken the time to set up, let's say it's a 401k plan for all of you to participate in. And retirement is so important that I am actually going to put money in when you put money in. So I'm going to do a matching contributions into your account. Or actually, as the employer, you can decide if you just want to put a bit in everybody's account to get them all started and then tell them they can contribute more if they want to. So to think of yourself as the boss, but then also to think of your employees and how important it is for you to really show them you're putting your money where your mouth is. Saving for retirement is important. And you're going to help them by actually putting money into their accounts. So I think that whether you're doing it just for yourself as a one-person shop or you're doing it for a workforce, maybe a small uh, company, it's really important to set the example. Well, let's talk about you. We have a few minutes left before we have to get to our last few questions. And how did you personally get interested in all of this? Because it's a it's a career path. It sounds like you really had to forge out. It You probably didn't start out with your first job saying, okay, you're now a uh, retirement expert. I mean, it's something you obviously had to build towards. So I'd love to hear kind of your story in a few minutes. Sure. So actually, no, I started out studying international economics. 
So completely, completely different topic. And my first job out of graduate school was at the Federal Reserve Board in Washington, D.C. And there we covered all sectors. So we had the international sector, we had households, businesses. And one of the sectors of the economy that we analyzed were retirement plans and pensions. And that person left the Fed. So they were looking for someone to take over that topic. And this is where I think a just sort of general career message is don't be afraid to try something new, to reach for some new topic, some different topic. So I said, you know, I'll try doing the pensions and retirement sector, uh, took that over, and then ended up moving to the Investment Company Institute where uh, they have a research department that focuses quite a bit of energy on understanding and studying the retirement market because so many retirement savers are investing in mutual funds, and we represent the fund industry. So it was really a path of an opportunity presented itself in a topic area that I was not an expert in and said, hey, let's let's learn that. And I think that you can, you know, build capital or build intelligence over time in new topics over the course of a career. And that's how I came to uh, start studying the retirement sector. Well, Sarah, I tell you what, you've given a wealth of information to folks, and I don't expect this next section of the interview to be any different. How about some resources that you'd point people at? You've certainly thrown out a number of resources that people can explore, but what are some other resources that you'd like to get out to people, maybe even those that personally inspire you? Well, I think uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention before we get to resources is that we talked about employers and saving for retirement. Another great way to save for retirement is through an individual retirement account. And uh, you can set that up on your own. You do have to have earnings. Or interestingly, if your spouse has earnings and wants to cover a contribution to an IRA for the spouse who doesn't have earnings, that's called a spousal IRA. You can do that too. So many, many opportunities uh, depending on your employment situation, whether you're at home or you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a big company. In terms of resources, because this is a whole lot of choices, there's the IRAs and the 401ks and the 403bs, I would point to ICI's website. We have resource centers and we have an education foundation and we have information for investors and on what retirement savers have done. I would also point people towards the the Department of Labor. They are the regulatory agency that oversees retirement plans, and they have some helpful pamphlets on saving for retirement. And if you're a small employer, what kind of plans you can offer. And when you go to set up an IRA, you want to go to someplace like uh, FINRA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority's website, so that you can do broker check. If you decided you want to work with a, a broker or an advisor, you can check that person out on the FINRA website. And you can also learn about what all the various investments are that you could do inside an IRA. So I'd say those are always check with the, the regulatory sources. They'll be uh, neutral and unbiased. And then ICI.org has just a whole lot of resources and information on retirement saving. And I'm happy you mentioned the website. And it's really, as you said, it's really easy to get to. You can definitely remember that one, ICI.org. So that is great. And really, one, one last question before I turn the floor over to you. If somebody has unsecured debt, now you mentioned home and all that stuff, but if somebody has unsecured debt like credit card, is it your position, and this is more of a general, I never, I know everybody's situation is different, 
But would you say that unsecured debt and an emergency fund, unsecured debt should be paid off, an emergency fund in place before you think about investing for retirement, or can you do it all at once? What's your best advice uh, for people in a general sense on that? Yeah, in a general sense, you want to look at your whole household balance sheet. So if you have got very high interest, very high cost credit card debt, definitely important to work to paying that down. Also good to have an emergency cushion. But when it comes to the savings for retirement, really best if you can do it to make sure you get that employer money or that employer contribution because that is really an amazing rate of return if you think about it. If I put a dollar into my plan and the employer, sometimes they'll put a whole dollar, sometimes they'll put 50 cents, that is really just great money right off the bat as a return. So in terms of prioritizing, yes, want to get rid of high-cost debt, Yes, good to have a cushion uh, in case something happens, but really try to get that employer contribution if you have that available to you because it really is, uh, you know, a great boost to your account. Uh, essentially take that free money, right? Yeah, it's, it, if you don't take it, you have literally left money on the table. Yeah, and that is definitely not good. All right, Sarah Holden, PhD, final question, and of course this is the turn the mic over to you question, not even really a question. It's really you taking the show out in any direction that you see fit. So I am going to turn the microphone over to you and the floor is yours. I guess I would close in simply saying that it sometimes seems like a daunting task to save a nest egg that you're going to need to last you through years and years in retirement. And I think it's important to just recognize that it's not something you do in a day. It's something you do over the course of an entire career and you do it little by little and paycheck by paycheck. And so the thing to do is to just decide that that's how you're going to do it and just take that little first step and either make sure you're participating in your retirement plan at work or open up an IRA. Three quarters of people open an IRA through a financial services firm where an advisor or a broker help them. You could go direct to a mutual fund company. You could go direct to a discount broker. So lots of ways to open up that account and just start with little contributions. You can set up an automatic contribution that goes in month after month so that little by little you build up that nest egg. So I think really uh, the important thing is to remember you've got a whole career to do this. Don't kick yourself or beat yourself up. If you didn't start early enough, you can catch up later. But do what you can do for yourself now because your future self is really going to thank you uh, when you get to retirement and you have that nest egg that you can then rely on. Well, Sarah Holden, Senior Director of Retirement and Investor Research at the Investment Company Institute, ICI, and the website is ICI. Dot org, And of course, we'll have all the links in the resource section on Sarah's page to everything that she talked about, including ICI.org. And Sarah, thanks for spending time with us this week on the podcast. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for having me.
Great to have you. I think you're really going to like the next episode of Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International because we have Lee Carraher and she uses her background to talk about reconfiguring your mindset when you're a business leader. Now, you can listen to her episode to hear all the tips and knowledge that could help you strengthen you and your workplace. Here she talks a little bit about employee retention. I want people to be loyal to me when they're working for me. I mean, it's nice. But I'm paying them. It's a transaction. It's not loyal to show up if I'm paying you. It's a transaction. You're getting paid for that. Show up, you know. But when someone leaves to find uh, their next thing or they want to move or they want to do something different or we can't accommodate them, Double Forty is a small company, get 25 people, then my job as a leader is to place, create a place that people want to come back to, right? Because when I do that, it's a hard place to leave once. You're keeping people longer, and that is only good for the bottom line, keeping the good people longer. And two, they're more valuable to you when they come back. Okay, we just talked about what you would like, but what we would like as well, if possible, from you, if you could do two simple things to help grow this podcast. Number one, share the episodes that you find relevant, and number two, rate and review the podcast. But regardless, we appreciate you being here listening, and we'll see you next week.